Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert here, and I want to say that I am happy to have my co-host today, Dr. Millicent Ravello, who will keep the discussion going in a very positive mm-hmm. and uh, very informative and non-judgmental direction. Always. Always. Yes. Although, I don't know if I can do that today. <laughs> I'm not sure you can. Because <laughs> I've been in this like really spicy mood all afternoon where like you just, you know, it doesn't take much to set me on a tangent today. And I don't I don't know what that's about. I think like maybe I got some sleep last night. Maybe I had too much caffeine. But like I have opinions today. I'm very vocal about them. <laughs> Yes. So maybe this is a good time to I, do I a always, podcast. I always have opinions. Well, that's true. <laughs> and, and you always have opinions. You're just better at sometimes. You are good at taking the opinion, getting it ready, getting putting makeup on it, mm-hmm. and and brushing its hair, <laughs> dressing it appropriately, and then presenting it for the flogging. <laughs> I just begin the flogging right away. I get right into it. That is a very nice metaphor, and it's probably going to ring true today, yes. because today we are talking about breast implant removal, otherwise known as an explant. So an implant is when you put something inside the body, an explant is when you remove it, kind of like when you show your ex the door, an explant, <laughs> GTFO. Um, but no, really, it's about explants. And because we've been talking about this recently, we've had opinions, we've been voicing to each other, because there are a lot of truths and there are a lot of myths about what actually happens when that implant comes out of your body. Yeah, this has become a uh, common trend in plastic surgery Mm -hmm. where a lot of women want to have their breast implants removed. We don't need to get into the reasons why. But we can touch on them. We can touch on them. We can touch on them. Um, because there are, there are lots of reasons. We're going to touch on them. We're not going to massage them. No, <laughs> we're just we'll, going to touch on them. We are not going to present them for the flogging <laughs> just yet. Yeah, yeah. We will do a 101 when when we're ready. We're not ready. Explant surgery. Explant surgery. Just taking the implants out for any reason. And those reasons can can be related to any of the above. Number one, you're just tired of them. They were great for a time and a season and you're over them and you want them out. You wanna have smaller, natural looking breasts. That's one reason. Number two, you have had complications from implants, including you know infection, recurrent capsular contracture, just overall pain and discomfort. These are all reasons why patients choose to have implants out. The last one would be BII, breast implant illness, where you feel like the implants are making you have systemic symptoms, fatigue, rashes, et cetera, things that can't be explained and you think maybe they're related to your implants. All of the above are reasons patients may wanna have their implants out. For sure, and the the most common in my practice are recurrent capsules, uh, where people get a they've just had it, they want them yes. out, and BII, the breast implant right. illness. Patients come in, they say, "I think my implants are making me sick. I had this test, I had that test. I want them out. I, I, hopefully, I'll get better." And they've done enough of the reading on the internet to hear other people's stories, and some people have gotten better, some people haven't. Mm-hmm. My answer always is. These implants were placed electively and they may be removed electively. So whatever you want to do, that's fine. We'll do a capsulectomy, send it for all the things that you want to send, check it and see if there's bacterial contamination, et cetera, et cetera. But in the end, 
some patients I've seen get better with, they, they had symptoms and their symptoms were gone. And uh, if you look, there's a whole big video on YouTube about uh, this one patient, Chelsea Penner, that I took care of, and I can name names because she's got it up on the YouTube channel and she's very vocal about it. You're talking she, about BII. About BII. Yeah. And she got better. Which, by the way, uh, for the uninitiated breast implant illness, these are patients that have had implants in place and believe that they're causing systemic symptoms not explained by any other medical phenomena. Right, which, you know, in again, I have always said this, and I'll, and I'll say it again today. Somebody is sick from their implants. Some somebody is sick from their implants. I don't know how many people it is. I, I I suspect that a lot of people who get their implants out and don't have their symptoms get better feel that it wasn't their implants that was causing their illness, which is a lot. Which is possible. And there's a lot that do get better. So, you know, we don't know for sure. These are the kinds of things where it's worth people thinking it through instead of just getting on, you know, some sort of like I, I need to do this without investigating because you don't want to miss any actual other problem that could be masquerading as these symptoms that causes you to say right. I have BII. You don't want to have say I have BII have a brain tumor brewing, right. or for instance. Or hypothyroidism. Exactly. Or low iron. Or lupus. Yeah. Whatever. So, there are all, so you have to test. You have to do it all. Okay, we're massaging now. We're just. I think we're going to do a gentle massage. <laughs> but maybe, no, maybe it's a deep tissue. Yeah. It's kind of a deep yeah. tissue massage. So there, there are plenty of reasons. And right. m patients know what they are. Because if they're coming in asking to have their implants removed, they have a reason. And in my practice, I would say it's mostly for recurrent capsular contracture. They've had... Um, implants in place and they've developed capsular contracture which is a hardening of the capsule around the implant they may have had it treated once before and it came back and they're just done they're like i want these out i don't want to have to deal with this anymore correct so for whatever reason a patient has come in and they're requesting removal of their implants so the question becomes what next so you know and we were getting into a little bit of a technical discussion and i will tell you that one of my uh longtime patients contacted me the other day and said well you don't have you know a, an entire diatribe on your website about why to remove these implants i said no but i do explant surgery a lot any plastic surgeon does a lot of removal of implants <laughs> it's, it's we put a lot it's of implants really in we take a lot of implants out there's yeah. no like and we do special lots of training for it it's it's part of any general plastic surgeon's repertoire is removal of implants and when you to get a little technical um if you're definitively removing implants you usually have to do something with the capsule surrounding it so anytime an implant goes into the body whether it's a breast implant a knee hip joint implant the body's natural response is to form a capsule around it and a capsule is just the body's way of sort of walling off that foreign body from the rest of it and usually that capsule is very kind of thin flimsy cobwebby but in cases of capsular contracture, it can be a little bit thicker or harder. But if you are removing an implant from the breast, you have to do something about that capsule. If the implant is ruptured, I usually remove the entire capsule. If it's capsular contracture, I remove the entire capsule. If I'm taking an implant out definitively and I'm not putting anything in, I usually try to remove the entire capsule unless it's gonna to be too sticky to do so. And we can what talk it, about- What if it's BII? 
So if it's BII and you believe that the implants are contributing to your symptoms, then the thought is that you need to remove the whole capsule. Now there's this term that gets thrown around a lot by the BII community called an N-block capsulectomy. And what that refers to in the world of BII is that you're removing the entire capsule, ideally in one piece, along with the implant, so that none of that capsule, which could potentially be contaminating the body, remains. Yes, and different from an N-block capsulectomy as the surgical term, which would mean you're resecting the ribs along with the capsule, which you would never do. (laughs) N-block in terms of surgery usually means that you're treating a cancer, and so you're trying to get margins around the tumor. You know, anything adjacent to it needs to come out. Obviously, we're not taking ribs. But if you are doing... So where it gets a little bit, you have to um, decide where those implants are placed. If these are implants that have been placed above the muscle, above the pectoralis muscle, that's called a subglandular implant, an M-block, or the other term that plastic surgeons use is a total capsulectomy, which just means that you're taking the whole capsule out. Um, that's, that's what a, I like to do. It's a total capsulectomy. Yeah, it, and, it's fair, and if it's above the muscle, it's a fairly benign procedure. It comes out easily enough. If it's below the muscle, if it's a subpectoral implant, that capsule on the back portion of it is directly adherent to your ribs and your muscle. So it if you have a subpectoral implant in, I do my best for any implant removal to take the entire thing. I like taking all of it out. I don't like leaving any pieces behind, which could cause problems later. But if that capsule is so stuck to something that I'm worried I'm going to create a deeper injury by trying to peel it off the ribs or peel it off the muscle, I may leave a small part behind in a patient that's not coming in and being treated for BII. Yeah, I mean, I think that's very reasonable, and I think that uh, you know the the world of explant surgery has expanded because of this phenomenon of BII. Again, the science is still pending on that. There's there's stuff coming out. There's a whole lot. So again, we don't want to get into the weeds on breast implant illness. However, to get back to my story um, about my. Uh, patient who was asking me that they needed an expert. I said, I do this operation. I do it all the time. Uh, and she said, well, send me some examples. I sent them to her and, and this was her exact response. Why do yours look so good? <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> I was like, you know, it's really only surpri- the surprise in your voice that hurts is what I said. I was like, how can you say that to me? Of course they look good. She's like, well, these other ones, they look terrible. Like what's the, what's the secret? I know the secret is to get somebody who thinks it through, makes the best choices for you, and executes the operation in a technically excellent manner. As there's no, there's no, there is no secret to it. It's doing, you know, and I of course always liken it to anything. I say anything in surgery that turns out right. Well, somebody technically did it really well, and they planned it well, and they executed it well, and they took care of you, and took care of the all the medical surgical parts of the operation, and got a great result. That's how surgery works. And her response, of course, was like, well, my friend needs an expert in explant surgery. And I said, oh, really? Are they board certified in explant surgery? <laughs> I was like, no. Do they get tested on explant surgery in their boards? Probably as a remove and replace or something like that, but it's not necessarily a, a part of plastic surgery where people need to strive for new expertise in the technical operation of removing breast implants. 
I could probably get a medical student to take breast implants out. Now, it won't turn out great, but the actual act of removing the implant isn't exactly it's, it's, the most technically demanding operation, is that, it? it? Well, that we do as plastic surgeons. As that we do. That we do. There are definitely others sure. that require a lot more skill. Um, where I would think, you know, if you're l- really trying to find an explant uh, expert, what you really need to be looking for is someone that can reshape the breast yes. and make it look nice. Yes. The, the the expertise is not in how you remove the ex- the implant because any board certified plastic surgeon can do a can do a capsulectomy. What you want to look at is sorry, explant experts. I know that I, I know that you're just I'm raining on your parade right now. <laughs> sorry, here comes the. F- here comes the tornado because it is it's like oh you have to have special training like what are you talking about like who are you people you don't need special training to do a capsulectomy and removal of the implant I'm gonna hold my tongue on that one because I have opinions but I'm not gonna Fine. share but them I'm, I'm just saying but that. I agree with you no, call I, in a thousand percent uh, where's our first caller with you all um, you all you BII explant experts call in and tell me where that training came from that's above and beyond the average plastic surgeon on a capsulectomy and removal of an implant. Every resident can do it. Every plastic surgeon who's board certified from here to Maine yes. can do an, an explantation an yes. with a capsulectomy. A thousand percent. With, without a doubt. Right. With no additional, there's no fellowship. There's no, nope. I mean, that, that's when, when I see that BII fellowship come up. Well, well, then I'm we'll have saying. another podcast. To I'm talk just about. saying, like, <laughs> but the the problem isn't it's not the surgeons; it's the patients that are fooled. Yes, and the that, patients and comes, are getting yes. like sold a bill of goods on this. I'm not kidding. No, I know, I know, but that's not fair to them. They it, don't know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I know. I'm. I agree with you. I, I don't disagree. But I think the reason that we're doing this podcast is to talk about the realities of what happens when you take the implants out. So we're gonna shelve the whole okay, explant expertise conversation. Because that's not the hard part. Because that's not the hard part. The hard part is putting it back together. Making the breast and look nice. Can I just give you like a, like a little bit of shit? Cause, Cause like, please? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I always like it. Yes, I know. So I'm, I'm sure you have excellent results for when your implants are removed in your patients and you've put them back together. But I will argue that a lot of that comes from the natural anatomy that the patients have. Because some patients are not gonna have good results. And that's what we're here to talk about. That there is a range of results that happen when you remove your explant or whenever you remove your implants. And that is the reality that we need to get to. I'm glad that 100% of your patients all look amazing. They don't. <laughs> but that's not the truth. They don't. They don't. No, they don't. They're, yeah. They don't look amazing. But given where they start, this this is what when I, it's like when I see your breast reductions. It doesn't matter how big and how not cute those breasts are that walk in attached to your patient and they say, make these pretty. You find a way, no matter what they bring, to make them look nice. And that's because you have an eye and you have technical skills and you have a special way of making that work. That's because you are a great surgeon. It's not because you were taught some special sauce or some there's some magic wand that you use it's because you assess the situation you make a plan 
and you execute the way that Dr. Millicent Rovello knows how to do it. And that's where the expertise comes from. That's where the results come from. And this is all about results. So if you're gonna get your implants out, for whatever reason, for for I'm done with these, I'm, I don't want implants anymore, I wanna get my BII taken care of, what, whatever it is. The expertise is somebody who makes beautiful breasts. Someone who, and makes them look good. And so here's, here's where the challenge is, because yes, you can take out implants anytime, all day, but what do you do with the breasts afterwards? And here is the challenge. Some patients, there is no challenge. You can take their breast implants out, they have nice skin, it sort of snaps back, their nipples are more or less in a decent position, and afterwards, they have a nice looking natural breast doesn't look anything like it did with implants, but it's a nice natural breast. Has a little bit of slope in the upper pole because there's no fullness there because that's really only achieved with an implant. Um, But it's a nice, pretty natural breast. The challenge becomes when you have either very little breast tissue to start out with, you were an A cup, small B cup to start out with, you had implants in for a long time, it thinned out the skin, it, it kind of thinned out the breast tissue, Over time, the nipples have descended, they're sitting low. So something has happened, whether it's age, time, gravity, implants, that have really made a change on the breasts. And that is the challenge to reconstruct them. So that's where you really sort of have to make the plan and have an algorithm or a a plan for what you're gonna do with these breasts. Most simple is what we just discussed. Good skin tone, nipples in good position, you can just remove those implants, plus minus whatever you wanna do with the capsules, and you're going to have a nice looking breast. The breast is in no way, shape, or form going to look like it did with implants, but it's gonna still be okay. That is best case scenario. Yes. Next up after that would be someone that has a decent amount of breast tissue, but maybe their nipples are sitting a little bit lower, so you remove their implants, you have to do a lift to get the nipples sitting back up, so you have some scars on the breast, maybe you do some fat grafting to fill in volume deficits. Again, no way, shape, or form looks like an implant, but it's still a pretty natural looking breast with some scars on it from the lift. Worst case scenario, you have no breast tissue, your nipples are looking at the ground, you take that implant out and it's just a bag of skin. And putting that breast back together is very challenging because even if you do a lift, there's just nothing filling out that breast. And usually those are patients that are skinny, thin to start out with, so they don't have a lot of fat to give you to fill it in with. Yeah, they probably need a breast implant. (laughs) <laughs> and and then that's that's what it comes down to. So that's what Which we have to talk about. I've done that three I times. I know. Me too. Taking them out, their symptoms get better or don't get better, and then they're like, I, I can't take it, and then we put them back in. Because most of these patients have had their implants in for a long time. They've gotten very used to how their breasts look with a breast implant, which is not how a natural breast looks. A natural breast has volume deficiency in the upper pole, the part above the nipple, and it has some fullness and roundness on the bottom part of the breast. Kind of a little bit of a teardrop shape to it. That is a natural breast. An implant breast has fullness. It has roundness at the top of the breast. And if you are used to that look, it can be very jarring to the patients to all of a sudden have that removed. No matter how beautiful the breast lift is, no matter how much fat you were able to put in there, they cannot wrap their minds around the fact that it's just a different shape and look. 
And so I have had patients come and put their implants back in or come back and have more fat grafting. And they'll be like, they look nice, thank you, they're, they're pretty, but I, I don't like them. Yeah, because they like that augmented look. It's a right. good look. Um, but, you know, again, I, I think that you, we really, you know, have to, the most important thing is for the patients to understand where where they can go with what they're doing and then what the the options are just so that they they're informed so that they get the idea and then yeah. you know let them decide I, I take out a lot of uh, breast implants and at the end of the day yeah they were better looking with the breast implants but they're not bad and they they yeah. do okay and they, that's a good way of putting it they're not bad they're not bad we do some fat grafting we do a mastopexy and you know what they're happy they're they, it's taking care of their problem um I have, you know, multiple patients whose symptoms got better and I've had a few that haven't, the ones that haven't, a lot of them got their implants back in. Well, that was the problem. So let's put those bad boys back in. So that's okay. Like I said, you know, I'm, I'm not here to espouse the, the merits of having your implants in or out. I, I'm the plastic surgeon. I want to do the right thing for you. I am always the one that is on the patient side and trying to get them the information so that they don't make decisions and or really make sort of like almost get railroaded into thinking that they have to have their implants out for something that isn't really there. And yes. that, that I've seen that so many times. Definitely seen that a lot. And that, and that and that's sort of the whole point in this podcast yes you can anybody can have their implants out that's fine that's fine but what i always like to make sure is that they that the expectations are are there that they have realistic expectations as to how they're going to look afterwards and as long as they are aware of what their breasts are going to look like or not look like afterwards then it's fine then we can do you know whatever you want um, and going back to the you know the really severe patients, they really need to understand that if I take these implants out and all you have is skin and like three fat cells under there, like you're gonna you're gonna not be liking life and you're gonna no. be really upset. And I've seen some depression over these issues. But then I also yes. have the patients, you know, they had the recurrent capsular contracture and they were always in pain and they have their implants out and they're like, you know what, I don't even care. Like I just I feel so much better and they're fine and they move on. But I do also have those ones that just have a really hard time and they struggle with how they look afterwards. And those are the ones that, you know, maybe you need to put the implants back in. Yeah. I know. And it's, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not here to, to tell you you got to do it one way or the other. I'm here to be a patient advocate and to stand by my patients and say, you know, you think this is an issue, let's take them out. You don't think it's an issue, you know, you just want them out, take them out. What, whatever. It's, it's their choice. Yeah, of course. We, we are here to support the patients. I'm not here to support crap information. No, they got it. You guys got to have the, the right, appropriate medical, surgical knowledge about what's going to happen. That's right. That's that is by far the most important yeah. thing. And, I, and I'll tell you some of the stuff and, you know, I don't want to get into the merits of people saying, well, I did my research. I, I, I do want to say, though, that when you do, quote unquote, Internet research, what you're doing is you're Google searching and Google searching is inherently biased by the choices you've made previously in your search terms and what you chose to read. Right. So the algorithm. Yeah, the the algorithms of your searches are inherently biased to what you already think. Yes. And so when somebody says I did my research, I I have to say no, please don't say that because you got the information 
that you asked for. Yes, on, on Dr. Google. Which on is Dr. Google, which, which is biased. Than doing a lit search, which means going into a medical publication database and searching for a term, and there is no algorithm. It just searches for the term, and then it provides you with peer-reviewed articles about that particular problem. Right. And the average person does not have access to a medical database um well, they can, they can go to PubMed. You can go to PubMed, but unless you have an account, an institutional account or a personal account that you're paying for, you don't get full access to the articles. You get like the abstract, which I is have an the summary. institutional account, but it's for a different institution. Yeah, you're just, you're just I'm institutionalized. I'm just institutionalized. <laughs> <laughs> it's just different. So that's what... I but mean, let's not talk but about it doesn't, that. But you know, that's neither here nor there. We don't expect our patients to be doing full publication lit searches. No. Um, but, but, but research on Google is inherently biased and I, I don't think people really get that like when I go and search for you know vacation spots in Florida all of my previous searches land me at some places in Florida that fit with my inherent biases of where I've searched before what I clicked on before yeah. You know, if I've clicked on the Red Roof Inn in every single city, well, it's going to show me the Red Roof Inn in, in Florida that I can go to. Right. If I've clicked on the Four Seasons in every city, it's going to give me the Four Seasons when I ask for a place to vacation in Florida. So you have to realize that Google knows that. And so when you ask for things, it's going to feed you information that literally feeds your brain's bias. So you're not really almost even able to get to the information that would even not be what you want it to be. Which is why you need to listen to this podcast. <laughs> we're trying to give you the unbiased. We're here to help. We're here to help. <laughs> but so we're just, not biased though, don't worry. Yeah, I know. Everyone's got a little bias, right? But no, but, but seriously, we just, want, we just want the patients to be informed, yes. to have a realistic expectation of what the breasts, really this is about what the breasts are going to look like afterwards. Yes, we, we went are. We went down the explant, we flogged that, you know, what all you need or don't need. But really it's about realistic expectations of what the breasts are going to look like afterwards. And keep in mind, when you go to before and after galleries, you are looking at the best of the best results. That's true. So those are the best results that you can get without an implant and you're not seeing the eight other patients that did not have great results on that website. So you have to understand that when you're looking at these befores and afters, those are sort of the best results that that surgeon will, will show you. And one thing that I do like to do, just because sometimes patients can't conceptualize what they would look like without implants, they've had them for so long, is if you have saline implants, you can deflate them in the office. And I've done that a fair amount. So at some point we're gonna stop seeing saline implants, but as of now, I still see them every yeah. once in a while. It's a simple procedure, you deflate them in the office and the implant literally goes away. And the patient gets a great idea of what their breast would look like without an implant. And I have some patients that are like, yeah, I can live with this. And then I have some patients that are like, no, <laughs> you gotta put that <laughs> implant back in me. I'll take a new implant, please. <laughs> so that's one little way of being able to figure it out. Then the other way is just listening to your surgeon, having them examine you and, and get, give, them, give you an honest opinion about what your breast will or will not look like without an implant. Yeah, I mean, that's why you gotta have a surgeon that's like on your team. You know, that's really key. You know, I, I think that it, it's hard, it's really hard to find people that are, you know, but again, you, you, the way that you search and the way that you get there, like the patients that come to me are like perfect for me. They, they, they're always the they've ones that they, self-selected they, themselves. Self -selected, you know? It's so true. That's a thousand percent. For, well, that's why 20% of my patients are attorneys. <laughs> I'm not sure why that is, 
but if anybody needs a lawyer, believe me, I've, I see more lawyers as patients mm-hmm. than anybody I know. But they're yeah. they're great patients for me, you yeah. know. Plus, I can get a little legal advice, and <laughs> which can be fairly frequent sometimes. It is true because you know how like people look like their dogs. Totally. Surgeons are very much like their patients, or vice versa. <laughs> I'm not sure which one it. Are huh? you saying my patients are dogs? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I'm just checking. <laughs> I wonder if I'm starting to look like Frankie. That might happen. Mm. Or is Frankie starting to look like me? Because my dog is very much like me. It's very hilarious. It's true. It's true. Frankie is definitely my dog. All right, well, that's it. I think we kind of give this an, give this one a good flogging with the hair but, and but makeup But with the done. hair and makeup you already you, done. You, you put the hair and makeup <laughs> and a very nice outfit on this one before the flogging, so I appreciate that. You're welcome. So this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and want to get in touch with either Dr. Ravello or myself, this is how to do it. You can reach me at the website, ravelloplasticsurgery.com. You can reach out to the office directly through the website with any questions or consult requests, or you can call the office directly at 310-954-1355. And you can reach me on Instagram at Ravello Plastic Surgery. And to reach me, the phone number is 310-777-8800. My website is drcalvert.com, drcalvert.com. Instagram, Dr. J. Calvert. And of course, you may want to check out our YouTube channel for the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, which is simply that, Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Hope to see you all in the office very soon. Bye.